and made her way down the gaslit passage that led into the entrance hall of the drafty rambling vicarage. The front parlour was to the right of the wide staircase, and it was where the family gathered in the evenings, and after church on Sundays. Rose entered the room to find her father pacing the floor. Pa, I'm so sorry we're late. She could tell by the strained expression on his deeply lined face that he'd been angered by their lengthy absence, and for the first time she felt guilty, even though she and Cora were carrying out their deception for the best of reasons. I'm afraid it was unavoidable. Seymour Perkins glowered at his elder daughter. It isn't safe for you girls to be walking home unescorted at this time of night. Polly ought to know better than to keep you so late, and I will tell her so in no uncertain terms next time we meet. It wasn't Aunt Polly's fault, Rose said quickly. She had some trouble with two of the women, it's true, but that didn't hold us up. She moved to her father's side, laying her hand on his arm. Do sit down. You look worn to the bone, Pa. You work too hard. He subsided onto a chair by the fire, which had burned down to a few glowing embers. The end of winter seems to accelerate the death rate amongst the frail and elderly. I've been attempting to comfort the dying and take care of the bereaved since dawn this morning. I know, Pa. Rose looked into his face, experiencing a surge of tenderness that made her throat constrict and her eyes sting with unshed tears. Her father seemed to have aged suddenly, or perhaps she hadn't noticed the passing of the years. The man who had been a strict disciplinarian when she, Billy and Cora were children had grown old, although he'd not mellowed with age. I'm truly sorry that we added to your worries. I applaud the fact that you and your sister work so tirelessly with the unhappy women in Polly's care but I cannot have you neglecting the poor of this parish. Your mamma is too frail to undertake the duties my calling thrust upon her. A wave of shame made Rose look away. She could feel the blood rushing to her cheeks, and she couldn't look her father in the eye. There's another reason we were late, Pa. We came across a young girl who was about to hurl herself off the city basin bridge. Cor and I persuaded her not to jump, and we've brought her home. I was hoping she could stay tonight, and perhaps we could take her to Aunt Polly in the morning. Seymour's lips hardened into a thin line of disapproval. I suppose it's the usual story. I fear so. Maisie hasn't told us much, but no doubt the whole sorry tale will come out as she begins to put her trust in us. She must remain here, where she is safe from temptation. It's probably best if you make her comfortable for the night, and I'll see her tomorrow when she's rested. I'll do that. And you must get some sleep, too. You look exhausted. Rose kissed him on the cheek but the sudden look of suspicion on her father's face made her withdraw hastily as she realised her mistake. He gave her a reproachful look. "'Have you taken up smoking, Rose? I can smell it in your hair.' "'No, certainly not, Pa.' She struggled to think of a convincing reason for her exposure to such a substance. "'It must have come from the home, Pa. Polly allows the women to smoke if it calms them down. They have little enough enjoyment in life.' It seems to me that they've had a little too much enjoyment for their own good, he said, frowning. I should have known better than to accuse you of such a thing. You have always tried to be a good daughter. She made a move towards the doorway. I'll see to Maisie, and then I'm going to bed. Things will look better in the morning. Maisie was seated at the kitchen table, devouring cake as if it were her last meal on earth, and in between each bite she swallowed a mouthful of hot tea. Cora looked up, meeting Rose's gaze with a shrug. 
Mrs. Blunt will have to make another seed cake in the morning. I told her to go to bed. The poor old thing looked worn out. Don't let her hear you calling her old, Rose said, chuckling. Mrs. Blunt is in her prime, or so she keeps telling me. But I think it has something to do with Mr. Spinks, the butcher. Ma told me that he delivers the meat in person these days, instead of sending his boy. I think he's sweet on Mrs. Blunt. Or maybe he likes her cooking. Cora put her cup of warm milk aside. I have to go to bed, Rose. I'm dead on my poor aching feet. I'm sorry to put you to so much trouble, Maisie said through a mouthful of cake. I could sleep on the floor, but I'll arrange. It's what I'm used to. Not while you're in our house. Rose picked up the teapot and filled a cup, adding a dash of milk. You can have the box room. It's small, but the bed's quite comfortable, and tomorrow we'll have a proper talk and decide what is to be done. Cora rose to her feet. Come with me, Maisie. I'll take you to...